Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. The midterm elections are still in full swing in some states as results are still trickling in. Let's get to the news. Before we dive into some more in-depth analysis and results, here are how things stand on the national level. First in the Senate, the GOP leads the Democrats with 40 Seven to 46 seats taken. 51 is needed for majority. In the House, the GOP leads with 199 seats to the Democrats' 174 seats. 218 seats are needed for majority. In Arizona, currently Democrat Katie Hobbs holds a slim lead over Republican Carrie Lake with 66% of the vote reporting. In Oregon, Tina Kodak, the Democrat, has a slim lead over Republican Christine Drazen with 67% of the vote reporting. And Drazen, for those of you who remembered, even had the support of one of the Nike founders. Those are some of the overall headlines. Let's go ahead and dive in to some more in-depth analysis. Starting out with Republican voters deserve answers and accountability. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Republicans got bamboozled in the midterms. All the polls that were reported showing Republican candidates surging in the final weeks of their campaigns, the race ratings from the Cook Political Report, and the overconfident statements from GOP leaders were all significantly over-optimistic about what we all watched play out on Tuesday night. There were GOP victories like Ron DeSantis and Marco Rubio in Florida, J.D. Vance in Ohio, Ted Budd in North Carolina, Brian Kemp in Georgia, Jen Kiggins in Virginia, to name a few. But conservatives were sold a false bill of goods from the leaders tasked with delivering GOP majorities, those promising great success in order to consolidate power in a drapes-measuring move, hoping to land a leadership position in a new Republican majority, may be the worst offenders who owe the Republican electorate the most answers. Among them are the leadership of the Republican National Committee, including Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel, the chairs of the National Republican Congressional Committee, Rep. Tom Emmer, Republican of Minnesota and National Republican Senatorial Committee, Senator Rick Scott of Florida, and House Republican Leader Rep. Kevin McCarthy of California. In an election year that favored Republicans purely for its timing as the first midterm of the Biden administration, an advantage that should have been helped by a president with chronically underwater approval, inflation above above 8%, surging crime and drug overdose crises, a wide open border, and so many more reasons, there's no reason Republican candidates should have performed as poorly as they did. Speaking of poor performance, let's start in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's Senate race called for Fetterman. Democrat John Fetterman has won the Pennsylvania U.S. Senate election against Republican Mehmet Oz. Dr. Oz, as he's better known. The race ended up close, but Fetterman's overperformance with blue-collar voters pushed him over the finish line. He will now head to Washington, D.C. in January and as part of what will almost certainly remain a Democrat-controlled Senate. What else can you say? The Republican Party lost to a man who is not cognitively all there. As Matt Walsh put it, the Republican Party outside of Florida has no message, no discipline, no leadership, no courage to confront the important issues head-on, and that's why they're losing to literally brain-damaged candidates. They need a total overhaul. But I like what Jeff Durbin's take said better. Our nation won't see meaningful and lasting change apart from Christ through any election. Transformation comes through regeneration and repentance. Hope is in the king and not the legislature. Red without his blood is meaningless. Conservative without Christ is futile. 
Well said, Pastor German. Well said. Moving on, results in Nevada's Senate race delayed due to paper ballots. Nevada's midterm election results have been delayed, according to local election officials, leaving the state's high-stakes Senate race outcome in the balance as of early Wednesday. Driving the news, two counties where the vast majority of Nevada voters reside aren't expected to start counting some mail-in ballots until... Today, the Nevada Independent reported, in Clark County, a shortage of election workers was causing the delay while Washoe County received large volumes of mail and drop-off ballots per the Independent, which spoke to county officials. Nevada state law also allows mail-in ballots to arrive days after Election Day, so long as they are postmarked by November 8 per Forbes. Nevada's race is one of four key Senate battlegrounds that remain uncalled early Wednesday. Georgia, Wisconsin, and Arizona are also unresolved. What they're saying, quote, Clark is not counting drop boxes tonight, but to be clear, we said all along we would only have some of the results on election night. That was Jennifer Russell, spokesperson for the Nevada Secretary of State, telling NBC News Tuesday. By law, Nevada counties have until November 12th until, until to receive mail ballots. We're all used to elections where it was as simple as plugging in USB sticks and running the results, Bethany Drysdale, a spokesperson for Washoe County, told the Reno Gazette Journal. We can't do that now because there are so many paper ballots. It's going to take longer. This is the new normal for election night, end quote. Key races across the country still being called. House Senate majorities still up for grabs. Let's start in Georgia. Georgia Senate results. Warnock and Walker tell supporters to hang tight with race too close to call. The United States Senate race in Georgia does not have a clear winner as neither incumbent Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock nor his Republican challenger Herschel Walker have claimed an outright majority of the vote so far. As of Wednesday morning, the race is too close to call according to the Fox News decision desk with more than 3.8 million ballots cast and Warnock leading Walker by approximately 35,000 votes. Warnock holds 49.5%. 42% of the vote, with 1,935,464 votes in his favor. And Walker has 48.52%, with 1,900,168 votes. Third-party candidate Chase Oliver has over 80,000 votes, with 97.94% of precincts reporting. Georgia law requires a candidate to surpass 50% of the vote to win an election, and a runoff between the top two vote-getters will be held on December 6 if no candidate meets that requirement. Staying in Georgia, Stacey Abrams, after election loss, vows, quote, I won't stop running for a better Georgia. Georgia Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams lost to Governor Brian Kemp for the second time on Tuesday, but indicated that she does not plan on exiting the political arena. Abrams gave a concession speech on election night after results showed that she had lost Kemp in a race that was not particularly close. Abrams famously declined to formally concede to Kemp in 2018 after a narrow defeat, claiming at the time that the election was rigged by voter suppression. This time around, she made no such claim and only looked to the future. Alabama election results. Republican Katie Britt becomes state's first female elected senator. Republican Katie Britt has made history by becoming the first woman to be elected to the U.S. Senate from Alabama. The self-described 40-year-old mama on a mission is projected by Fox News' decision desk to defeat Democrat Will Boyd so far, capturing around two-thirds of the votes. 
In New York, Republican George Santos flips Democratic House seat in New York. Republican George Santos flipped New York's 3rd Congressional District Wednesday and secured another House seat for the GOP. Santos defeated De- Democrat Robert Zimmerman, who was vying to fill the Long Island seat after Democrat Rep. Tom Swayze, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but we'll roll with it, announced he would be retiring to take a stab at New York Governor. Swayze came in a distant third in the Democratic primaries in the governor's race, but Santos secured his place in Congress by running on cutting taxes, boosting border security, and rallying against cashless bail. The Associated Press called the race shortly after 1.30 a.m., once the Republican held a lead of 54.2% of the vote over Zimmerman's 45.8%, with 90% of of the votes already counted. It's worth noting that Santos is a homosexual. So we need to be praying for his repentance on that front. Squad rolls to easy victories in House races. Perhaps the worst news of the day, the progressive House members collectively known as the Squad easily won re-election in their respective elections on Tuesday. Reps Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the bartender of New York, Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts, Jan Omar of Minnesota, Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, Corey Bush of Missouri, and Jamal Bowman of New York were all projected by the Associated Press as winning by wide margins. Bowman, who represents New York's 16th congressional district comprising parts of the Bronx and Westchester County, and the slimmest margin of victory, and yet was still leading 65% to 34% against Republican challenger Miriam Flisser, who had more than 91% of the results reporting. And Ocasio-Cortez, Omar Presley, and Tlaib, Tlaib, I guess we'll go with that, were the founding members of the squad who gained notoriety as freshman lawmakers after the 2018 election for pushing the Democratic House conference to the left. Bush and Bowman joined the informal group after winning election in 2020. Now a word from one of our sponsors of election coverage, Westminster Effects. Have a guitarist in your life? Consider giving the gift of musical dominion this Christmas with Westminster Effects. Westminster Effects exists for the glory of God and the tone of his people and features guitar pedals such as the 2716, the signature pedal of Seth Morrison of Skillet, the Geneva Amp, Sim, the Spurgeon Reverb, and the Osteen Distortion. Use coupon code FLF all month long for 10% off all pedals at WestminsterEffects.com. Again, use coupon code FLF all month long for 10% off all pedals at WestminsterEffects.com. Now for some disappointing policy news. Kentucky voters reject constitutional amendment declaring no right to abortion. Voters in Republican-leaning Kentucky have rejected a proposed amendment to the state constitution that would have denied any right to abortion. The result of Tuesday's election comes months after the Supreme Court overturned the right to abortion in a decision that has led to near-total bans in a dozen states, including Kentucky. The ballot question had asked Kentuckians if they wanted to amend the Constitution to say, quote, to protect human life, nothing in this Constitution shall be construed to secure or protect a right to abortion or require the funding of abortion, end quote. The outcome highlights a gap between voters in the state's Republican-controlled legislature, which added the proposed amendment to the 2022 general election state slate a year ago in a move that some thought would drive more conservative voters to the polls.
While seen as an important win for abortion rights advocates, the amendment's defeat will have no practical impact on the right to an abortion if a sweeping ban on the procedure approved by lawmakers survives a legal challenge presently before the state Supreme Court. So we need to be praying for that. Up in Michigan, Michigan voters passed measure protecting abortion rights, other pregnancy-related decisions. The people of the state of Michigan voted in favor of a new measure that protects abortion and other decisions related to reproduction and pregnancy. Proposal 3 amends the state constitution by adding rights to abortion and contraception. It states that everyone has a, quote, fundamental right to reproductive freedom, end quote, defining this as including but not limited to Parental care, childbirth, postpartum care, contraception, sterilization, abortion care, that's the one they care about, miscarriage management, and infertility care. The measure also allows the state to regulate abortion after the time a fetus, a.k.a. baby, becomes viable. The approval of the proposal came months after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, which gives states the power to protect or ban abortion. The decision in June led to near-total bans in a dozen states and was not and was a hot topic leading up to the midterms. The passing of the proposal puts a definite, definitive end rather, to a 1931 ban on abortion that had been blocked in court but could have been reviewed. Opponents to the measure said protecting abortion rights could have far-reaching effects on other laws in the state, such as one requiring parental notification of an abortion for someone under the age of 18. Legal experts said changes to other laws would only happen if someone sued and won, a process that could take years and has no certainty of success. This from the Associated Press. Again, thanking another one of our sponsors for our election coverage, Cornerstone Work and Worldview Institute offers a gap year training program to strengthen the faith and character of young Christian men and women. Their students participate in core worldview classes to learn and to think God's thoughts after him and workshops in business and vocational preparation while developing godly habits. Students will grow in understanding and maturity with the aim for them to go out and take dominion over the tasks the Lord calls them, to strengthen churches, to build households, to start businesses, to cultivate excellence, to seek first the kingdom, to be confident in their faith, and competent in their labor. Enrollment opens January 2023. So visit them online at cornerstonework.org for more information. That's cornerstonework.org. Now, you all didn't think that you'd get away without my favorite topic, sports, did you? Well, it's Kyrie Irving again. Brooklyn Nets reportedly have six demands, including sensitivity training, that Kyrie Irving must meet in order to be reinstated. A new report claims the the Brooklyn Nets have at least six demands Kyrie Irving must meet in order for him to be reinstated for the team after they suspended him for sharing a movie link to his Twitter account. Irving was indefinitely suspended after he shared an Amazon link to the film Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America, the movie to his Twitter account. Following the suspension announcement, Irving apologized for sharing the movie link. Now, a new report from the athletic Shams Sharina claims that the Nets have six demands Irving must meet in order to return to the team. He wrote on Twitter, Sources, Nets have delivered Kyrie Irving six items he must complete to return to the team. Apologize slash condemn the movie. $500,000 donation to anti-hate causes. Sensitivity training. Anti-Semitic training. Meet with ADL, Jewish leaders. Meet with Joe Tsai, the owner of the Nets, to demonstrate understanding. 
It's unclear how legitimate these demands are, given Irving Irving had previously announced to a joint statement with the NBA and the Anti-Defamation League that he would donate $500,000 to the Anti-Defamation League. However, the ADL rejected Irving's donation, with the organization's CEO, John Greenblatt, responding to Irving's apology, saying that this was a start, but actions speak louder than words. YouTuber Ryan Cannell of Sports Wars reacted to this list of demands and the actions the Brooklyn Nets and the NBA have taken against Irving. Warning, just a few spots of language. Just like we saw last year when Kyrie Irving refused to take the jab, the NBA and the mainstream media are trying to make an example out of him, trying to use him as a warning to say, don't step out of line, never say anything against the approved narrative, or we will destroy you. That's what they're trying to do with Kyrie Irving right now. And after all of the chaos, all of the controversy, after he came out there and said, hey, didn't mean to offend anybody, but refused to say exactly what they wanted him to say, say he was suspended five games he finally did come out and say exactly what they wanted him to say too late lost his nike deal Kyrie irving is getting canceled in front of our very eyes but the nets have given him an opportunity to make things right reportedly but this is what Kyrie irving has to do and must do in order to be reinstated for the nets they've put out a list of demands for him report Kyrie Irving must complete sensitivity trainings and more for Nets reinstatement. The Brooklyn Nets announced Thursday they suspended guard Kyrie Irving for at least five games without pay for conduct detrimental to the team after his promotion of an anti-Semitic film on social media and ensuring an ensuing refusal to unequivocally say he did not have anti-Semitic beliefs in numerous talks with reporters. Uh, you, you could listen to what he said, and he, he did say that, not unequivocally, but he did say, I'm not anti-Semitic. He said it multiple times. Maybe not in the way that they wanted him to say it, but that's what he said. And it's so ironic that time after time, we see that there's a double standard in the NBA and in woke sports. You can shit on white people all you want. You can trash white people all you want. You can promote any kind of, oh, look at what white people are trying to do to us. Look, we're on the plantation. You can promote all that kind of shit that you want in professional sports. And they have been doing that for years now. And that's fine. But as soon as you say the wrong thing, well, then all of a sudden you're canceled completely. That about sums it up. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you want to share the show, hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership or a magazine subscription, head on over to FightLaughFeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask me about future conferences, or become a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, email me at Garrison at FightLaughFeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Thanks for tuning in. Pray for our nation. And above all else... Lord bless.